Good Friday afternoon. Welcome into the fast lane. We can actually say good Friday because it's the Friday. good news is not only that it's Friday, Trey, but after the wild night, that was fun last night, by the way. JMU basketball. I love the ESPN win probability index, which had like a 99.99% chance JMU would lose, even though they somehow came back and put that game into double overtime before eventually getting a victory to go to 2-0 against Kent State. Uh, you know, good old let's think outside the box. ESPN win probability index. I'm going to hold off on the rant, though. We're going to do that a little bit later. Another day in the fast. I mean, five points in like 10 seconds is probably 99.9%. I mean, but but it's just comical how wrong the win probability index actually is. Uh, It's one of those, let's try to be innovative and creative. And then when it's wrong, let's not take accountability for the fact that it's really not all that innovative and creative. Uh, So that was one amusing thing. Then Virginia Tech women's basketball against Iowa. Shout out to Caitlin Clark for missing that free throw for me. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, it was so disappointing for me, Trey. It could have been a much better night, but she knew that you needed the help on those midweek games because that's where you struggle. Uh, that's where you gain advantages over me. So she was trying to do you a solid. Uh, but for Virginia Tech, look, that's a good performance. They lost, yes. But it's early in the year. You get a real barometer of what you need to do against a player when she's on fire like Caitlin Clark was. And how about 15,000 plus at that venue last night? And the reports from Debbie Antonelli in the ESPN broadcast that, because of course you were watching it since you listened to the uh, Panthers-Bears thriller on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. But 10 plus million dollar economic impact from that game to fan bases outside the area and a sellout. I get it. Crusty old sports radio hates that concept, but we love it here in the fast lane. So we're cool with it. And then Virginia Paris Jones, of course, he's good. Uh, as you could expect. So thankful for that because uh, you know, we're approaching the one year anniversary of the tragic shooting on grounds. And then Mike Collins, the running back roommate, of Paris Jones, one of the survivors of that tragedy, to have what happened last night for Virginia. Paris Jones getting injured in the second half of that game, uh, taking off on the stretcher, just a real scary instance, but he's got movement, which is a a real encouraging sign. And uh, give Virginia credit. Again, I I thought they were toast, especially given how they look so lackluster and out of answers against Georgia Tech. I thought they'd come to the end of the season with a whimper. No, they've actually fought for the majority of the year. No, they don't know how to win close games. They don't know how to seal the deal. We've seen that time and again. Uh, I think next year, it's reasonable to say Tony Elliott deserves a shot next year, but that the seat should be fairly hot entering next season because through all the tragedy on which he's guided, you need to see progress in the win-loss column if you are Virginia. Trey, do you have a thought on that or anything we've said so far before our votes of confidence? Give him. I I almost was going to jokingly be like, Virginia is doing this again. Uh, ruining another team's chance at the playoff. Uh, I saw a tweet, uh, Louisville, welcome to the Coastal. I thought it was pretty funny. Give him credit for competing, but, it, you know, Louisville was just too much at the end. Too much at the end, but when Virginia fell down 14 nothing, and they'd been outgained tremendously by over 100 yards, I'm thinking the dam's about to break. And yet Virginia fought their way back into that game. If there's one thing you can say about them right now, it's that for the majority of games, throw the Georgia Tech one out, That's the one where I'd say it just never looked like they had much fight in the game. Tennessee, they were overwhelmed by a more talented team. And Maryland, they were actually in that game for a portion before the dam broke in the fourth quarter. But for the majority of the other games, Virginia's actually competed their butts off. Uh, Again, do they as a team know how to win? Not really. Does the coaching staff know how to get them in a position to win or inspire them with that belief? I think that's a reasonable and fair question. But to their ever-loving credit, they continue to fight and they rally and persevere through adversity. And you have to at least be willing to admit that, as we have done here in the fast lane.
Now, to see if Trey and I can uh, build on a little bit of confidence from last week, it is time for our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, it makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. All right, we'll start off with games that we have on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. It's a doubleheader, but there will be a gap. Between large these gap. Two games there are 12 gap. hour difference of start times. 10 a.m. airtime for the first one, which is Virginia Tech started off as a four point underdog at Boston College. That number has swung all the way to minus one and a half for Virginia Tech at Boston College with an over under a 49 and a half. Trey, you know my deal here. I'm taking Virginia Tech on the money line. I hate minus 1.5 when I lay a little extra juice on the money line. Um, I think there's justified line movement. The injury to Castellanos is expected to be a factor for Boston College. And an over-under of 49.5. I mean, is the book begging you to take the under? Because if they are, I'm going to actually eat on that one as well. I've got Virginia Tech, but again, money line, not minus 1.5. And, and I go the under 49.5. Well, too bad for these purposes. You have to take minus 1.5. But um, I agree. I'm taking Tech. Yeah, uh, BC has one good offensive player, and it's Castellanos. And he might... You know, either he's dinged up or he might might not play. I'm gonna interject quickly. Two, Christian Mahogany, the offensive lineman, but uh, no, okay. one good skill position. Player. There we go. Good. Same point. And I'll take the under 49 and a half. It's a shame you don't admit the value of offensive linemen. Like I love offensive trade. linemen. My favorite football player is Jason Kelsey. So let's let's uh, let's check yourself before you wreck yourself. Has the Kelly green jersey arrived yet? It's it's coming. I'm in, this weekend in uh, transit. Game two of our doubleheader, by the way. Uh, again, it's loosely defined as a doubleheader because it's a 10 o'clock airtime for USC at Oregon. USC and Trey's World, they're, they're, Minus, 15, I, uh, they're plus 15 a, and a half. USC is a 15 and a half point underdog. Uh, I'm actually going to take Oregon regardless of which way you view that. I'm going under 76. I think Oregon can choke the life out of USC offensively enough and mean business in a game like this where they have a college football playoff chance. Yeah, Oregon's been dominating teams. I think Oregon, uh, their defense, is, USC's defense, will not change much under Alex Grinch maybe be more simple um, but I'll take Oregon I'll take the under 76 now other college football games just for the heck of it or really not Old Dominion 13 and a half point underdog at Liberty 57 and a half Trey quickly I would argue this is the best opponent Liberty's played all year outside of maybe New Mexico State so uh, I'll take ODU to cover and over 57 and a half. ODU did play well against JMU. Remember Old, that. Old Dominion has kept everybody but Virginia Tech within eight points or fewer. So they deserve a lot of credit for that. It's a big road game for them. Here's my one worry. Everybody right now is on Old Dominion, which leads me to believe, and it's 13 and a half, which is kind of begging you to take uh, you know, liberty with that number. I, I'm going to take Old Dominion anyway to cover. I, I think it goes over 57 and a half, but uh, as motivated as I think Liberty will be, I just think Old Dominion's good enough. And there's a motivation level of trying to get to ball eligibility, which is why Liberty wins, but the Monarchs cover. JMU, 25-point home favorite at Bridgeport Stadium against UConn, uh, over under a 48 and a half. Blindly take JMU to cover against UConn because this UConn, I'll take over 48 and a half because I could see it like 49 nothing. So that's the over. You know, I'm going under 48 and a half because I think JMU will cover, but I think this could easily be in the neighborhood of like 40 to 7, something along those lines. Michigan at Penn State, the seesaw status of Jim Harbaugh. Michigan's still a four and a half point favorite with an over under of 45 and a half. I think I could be the head coach of Michigan in this game, and I still am taking Michigan. So, uh, yeah, Michigan, I think, is going to cover by 
a considerable amount, maybe even two scores, uh, and then under 45.5. They're on a mission. I think they're the best team in the country. I think sometimes this type of situation can galvanize a team, and I think Michigan is kind of And they've already dealt that. with it. If he doesn't, if he's not on the sideline, they've already dealt with it this year. They've Exactly. That's the big difference. Uh, the acumen of that staff is great, and I think the talent, as talented as Penn State is, I think Michigan is on a different level um, for that. So this continues to go back and forth. Utah minus nine, excuse me, Utah plus nine, at Washington. A lot of typos this week. Yeah, Trey's typing game has not been very good. Uh, this week. This week. 49.5 is the point total. Trey, I'm going to jump in for a quick second. I like Utah to cover. Washington uh, is a good spot. I have questions about Utah's offense, but kind of a tricky spot on the road. 49.5. Uh, I think Washington wins and wins somewhat comfortably, but uh, 9 is quite a bit. I'll give Utah under 49.5. I just don't think Utah is going to put up a lot of points in this one. I don't trust their offense enough. So give me, I think Washington's defense up front is good enough to slow down Utah's offense, and Washington will put up enough points. So give me Washington to cover, and I'll go under 49.5. I feel confident about the under 58.5 for Ole Miss at Georgia because I think Georgia controls the flow of this game, wanting to get out of there before the trip to Tennessee next week. I've got Georgia also to cover this game. I like the first half of minus 6.5 better than minus 10.5 for the game, but I would take both of those. I think Georgia... Ole Miss is explosive offensively, but Georgia has the personnel to combat that. Uh, I'm going over, and I'm going Georgia. I think Georgia rolls big, but I think points will be scored. Your favorite college football peck of the week, Trey, do you have to go under an Iowa Rutgers of 28 and a half? I mean, come on. Yes, you have to. 10-7, final score like last week. We are rooting against— 28 and a half. We are rooting for ineptitude, Trey. We absolutely are Also, today. Rutgers pulls off the upset. How about that? I, I, that would be phenomenal, and I would I would be quite amused by that. Meanwhile— this coming weekend, Commanders at the Seahawks. Six is the spread, over under a 45 and a half. I really like Seattle. I know they got blown out last week, last week by Baltimore. I think they want to bounce back. Their defense is really good. I think they match up well with the Commanders offense. So give me Seattle and give me the over 45 and a half. Geno Smith's made more bad decisions this year than, than in prior years. I think Seattle wins, but... Washington, they played inspired despite getting rid of Young and Sweat. I like Washington to cover, and I'm going under 45 and a half. Trey quadruple header on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app starts at 9. Colts minus 2 against the Pats in Germany. 43 is the total. Pats and under 43 and a half. I just trust Bill Belichick in these kind of situations where it's, you know, coaching is going to be such a big factor. I go with the Colts because I just wonder what the mood is around New England with Belichick's status now being questioned. 3 nothing final score. 43 is the point total. I'm with you. I'm going under on that. Steelers at the Packers. I think Pittsburgh wins this game, but I would I would lay the juice and take them on the money line, which is why I'm taking the Packers plus three. Pittsburgh wins these games ugly all the time, which is why, again, I'll go under 39. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, give me the Packers. Give me the under 39. If Dallas had have won last week, I'd actually be tempted to take the Giants at plus 17 and a half to cover this game and just not pay attention to it on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. But I've got the Giants, I've got the Cowboys to cover under 39. Giants are terrible right now. I don't know why you picked this game as our game this week, but I trust you. Uh, giving the Cowboys in the over 39. I think the Cowboys are going to score. They scored 40 last time, so they might just score around there and the Giants maybe put up some points. Jets, a pick em against the Raiders, 37. Raiders and under 37. I just think they're they have the best player on the field at Max Crosby. So give me Max, you know. Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to use that logic as well. Raiders playing inspired for Antonio Pierce. We're inspired by our next guest, WSET's Dave Walls, who will join us momentarily in the fast lane to oh, touch on. Do you think Harbaugh is on the sideline? I know. Yes, I think they get the injunction. I think he is. Yeah, it makes sense. 
that's the general gist of it. For whatever my legal advice is worth, Dave Walls with his advice and thoughts next here in the Fast Lane.